Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Welcome to Nurses Out Loud, Thursday edition with Nurse Michelle. I hope you are all are tuning in every week here at 10 a.m. Eastern and 11 p.m. Eastern. We have a different nurse host daily. Each of us are doing what we can to bring the voices of the American people to the people. Sadly, our mainstream media is not doing a really good job at telling the truth about what has happened to America and its citizens over these last three years. So many of us, like us nurses here on Nurses Out Loud, are now citizen journalists getting the word out there to you. I was recently in Nashville, Tennessee for the American Medical Freedom Summit. And while there, I got to meet several of my Instagram followers. I don't know if you out there are following me on Instagram yet, but if you're not, I am nursemichelle.rn, as in registered nurse, and you can follow me there. And um, I, while I was there, a precious young lady I got to meet who was one of my followers, and we had talked on DM on Instagram, and I finally got to meet her in person, and her name is Mackenzie Dyson, and she lives in South Carolina. And... Mackenzie was a Division I softball player at East Tennessee State University, and she was uh, coerced into getting the COVID vaccine. And less than a week after she received her second dose of the Pfizer vaccine, she suffered from stroke-like symptoms and experienced paralysis in her leg. She went from a college athlete to being unable to walk in less than one week. Today, she is here with me to tell her story. Welcome on Nurses Out Loud, Mackenzie, and thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor. I would love to hear about how this journey started for you because you're young and not. And recently you're about to be getting married. When did you graduate high school? Yeah, so I'm 24. I just turned 24 like last week. Um, and I graduated high school in 2017 from a little school outside of Charleston, South Carolina. And then I played softball my whole life. And so I was looking for like a softball scholarship to play in college. Um, So I played travel ball, all the stuff. And my freshman year of college, I had a scholarship to play at North Greenville University. And it's a smaller Christian school in South Carolina. And then I just, I don't know, I just didn't have the experience I thought I would have there. And I just didn't feel like I should go there another year. Like I feel like God was calling me somewhere else. So that whole summer I played travel softball again and looked for like a different school to play softball at. And I got a scholarship to play at East Tennessee state university. And funny story, I went on a visit there in high school and I like absolutely loved it. But the coach I was talking to like went to a different school. So that just didn't work out. 
but I ended up going there my sophomore year and I absolutely loved the place. Um, I changed my major a few times and ended up doing health administration. So I graduated with my bachelor's in health administration, um, I think two years ago. And I was playing softball up until last year. That was my fifth year due to COVID. So this is my first year without softball. And oh my goodness. <laughs> my master's of business administration. I just graduated uh, yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That summer. So I finished my freshman year out at NGU. And then that summer I played travel ball again because I was um, still able to play 18 and under, which is like, you know, where you get recruited and speak to different colleges and stuff. So I had to play that summer to get like recruited by another school. And so I started right away um, the following fall. So um, at ETSU. So you got one normal college year before things go crazy. So I, how was that first year for you for college at ETSU? It was awesome. I absolutely loved it. Um, You know, I wanted to go somewhere where I didn't know anybody so I could just, you know, meet a bunch of different people. And it was like five hours from home, but it didn't even feel like I was five hours because it, you know, felt like my other home was at ETSU. And it was just fantastic. I loved playing softball there and um, just really soaked up everything that first year. What, What position do you play? I'm a pitcher, yes. Oh, you are. And that takes a lot of mental, I have a son who's a baseball pitcher. So what does that, that takes a lot of mental energy and physical strength. So y'all are, you're, you're very, I'm sure your health is at its optimum at this time, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I've always been like pretty big on health. I've always eaten like healthier than everybody on my teams and different stuff. And I love working out and just exercising all the time. And so, yeah, it definitely takes a lot. I would be out practicing with my dad over the summer and during breaks for like two hours every day, just trying to build up physical stamina and get ready for a season and stuff. But it's also like a 90% of it is mental when you're pitching. I'm sure you know. So, yes. So did you feel like you got good pitching time? And back like in high school, I was player of the year um, for the state a few years in a row. I was all state a couple of years. I was on varsity starting out in eighth grade for pitching. I had a lot of awards and stuff. And then and also I have OCD and I actually got that. Now looking back after what happened to me, my fourth grade year, I got a flu shot and I had tick disorder that started randomly after that in OCD. So I didn't know that's what it was from until what happened to me with the COVID vaccine and looking back at my shot records. And it was like the timeline of that was like, I got tick disorder right after. But yeah. So as, as she just revealed something that a lot of people who do listen to my show know that I have a daughter who's a vaccine injured daughter and we've been in the federal vaccine court. And a unique thing about her story too is she even had a mom for a nurse. And I would remember saying to the doctors throughout her shot times when she was a child, you know, sometimes she doesn't do so well after she gets a, a vaccine. It's like sometimes she would be just fine and there wouldn't seem to be any changes with her. And other times we were like, what is going wrong with her? And some of them were movement disorders, like you're saying a tick for you. 
And some of them were psychiatric and some of them were behavioral. And, um, and, and in her case, it was also academic. She would actually experience academic decline with some of her vaccines. And when I would report that to the pediatrician, because I couldn't say, you know, with authority, which ones really were the ones that messed up and I could never figure it out. I real I didn't realize until years later that nurses really don't have a full education and proper understanding about vaccines in general. So I had never put two and two together to realize that she actually had problems after the vaccines that were live because there's killed vaccines and there's live vaccines. It's called attenuated and unattenuated. And here we have Mackenzie telling us that she can actually go back in her own mind and realize that something significant changed with her after a flu vaccine as young as fourth grade. So my daughter, definitely, we can look back over the history and say, now we know it was all of the live vaccines because when she got severely injured at 16, it was a live vaccine that did it to her. And it took me, her acting out in a way that was almost exactly what she did when she was little, that my mouth actually said, you're acting just like you did when you were six years old. And even as I said it, I'm like, she's acting just like she did when she was six years old. You know, red flag, Michelle, pay attention. Something's going on here. And it was only then that a doctor was smart enough to tell me to pull the record and see if we could find some, any kind of, you know, thing that was similar to the chickenpox vaccine that had just happened to the ones that had happened in her childhood. And the one thing they had in common was that they were live and hers crossed the blood brain barrier and it attacked her brain. And if you have encephalitis, if you have inflammation of your brain, anything is possible. Anything is possible. So people just don't validate that. So it's very, I I do believe that what's happened with the COVID vaccine nationally and what's going to be unveiled and studied because we're talking about adults that can speak a fourth grader trying to experience something new in their body doesn't have the vocabulary or the knowledge to really even articulate it to the mom or the pediatrician what's actually going on. But a 20 something year old young woman who's been living her life educated and has a significant thing happen to her medically can articulate what actually happened to her. And, and we're going to want to go through every detail of what actually happened to her so that people can hear that. But before we get to that, let's um, let's make sure I've got I want to make sure that everybody understands that you're talking, you're a division one pitcher, you're playing on the field, you're you're doing well. Were y'all having a good year that first year, 2019 to 2020 before the covid thing hit? OK, so actually, I feel like that was our second year. Yeah. So I mixed up the dates, but that's our second year. And before everything got shut down and we actually were having a very good year before our season got cut short by COVID. We actually just beat um, the University of Tennessee and I got to pitch half the game and I was like school history. Nobody had ever beaten Tennessee. If you're from the state of Tennessee, like no other college had beaten them before. Uh, And it was just awesome because they're like a big time school. And then we're like, okay, we're like over here, you know, mid-major school. And so we were having a great year. Um, And then we got the call and it was like, okay, no more season. Everybody go home. So that was pretty disappointing that year. Okay. You're talking about 2020. Yes. Okay. So let's go there. So you're, you're in your 2019, 2020 school year. And in the, so you're coming into the spring, which would be the season for softball, right? This is when it's all happening. Yeah. It starts about February and ends like May. Okay. So here you are, February, 
you're pro at that age, you're probably not even being talked to by anybody that something's happening in China and something weird may be about to happen in America. So you'd already started your season when the lockdown happened. Is that correct? Um, yeah, we had. And then it was like, you know, we kind of heard about it. Like, oh, there's one or two cases in like China. And then it was like, oh, it's in the U.S. And then they had us like stop shaking hands after games. And we're like, what is going on? And in 2020, that. before that school year was out, that's how they started dealing with y'all. Don't touch. Yeah, we couldn't, even though we just played softball and touched the same ball as everybody, we couldn't shake their hands after. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my word. All the ways that the <laughs> the things that got changed. Okay. And so your college, how strict was your college, the way they were treating the students overall in classrooms and things like that? Um, I had like half of my classes were online because it's kind of better to do that when we're traveling four out of the seven days of the week for softball during softball season. Um, we're gone for like the whole first month. So I try to take like half my classes online during season so I don't miss too much school, but it was pretty normal as far as I remember um, before the lockdown happened. Everything was normal with school. Okay, so the lockdown for Georgia, you know, you live in you were living in Tennessee, which is one of the free states in our country. So I would suspect, but it's a state university. So um, for those who don't know about nocollegemandates.com, if you're considering putting your children in school this coming fall, you definitely need to go to nocollegemandates.com. There are only 150 colleges in the country right now that do not have mandates. So if it's a state college, you're very likely going to have risk of mandates being faced. We, When my daughter was at a Christian private college in 2020, she was rooming with NCAA um, softball players and she was not, a, she was a nursing student and there was like six of them that were NCAA softball players and they had mandates on them that were different than the rest of the college because the college was not strict. So let's first address how your college was dealing with you as students and then tell me what the NCAA did for y'all just in 2020 before the vaccine comes into the play. Um. 2020 like the spring I mean it really wasn't changed um we weren't really there I feel like long enough before they were just like all of a sudden you know no more softball everybody go home so I didn't really have to deal with a lot of that all our school was like put online so it was I mean I honestly was just chilling at my lake house and getting sun every day and going to school online (laughs) you were having a good life still in 2020 so so summertime comes and you make it through they stop playing you in your 2020 season though the season was over because of the lockdown right yes correct okay so you go into your summer and you're probably still playing ball because that's what you do and when did they, then you, you're going to start back in the fall of 2020? That's when they, they're telling you know, the election is happening with Trump in 2020 and the vaccine is going to is already in trials and it's going to be rolled out in December of 2020. But the new president that's going to be coming on, Biden, is saying how he will not only not take Trump's vaccine himself, but of course, he would never mandate such a thing. So here we're going to be going into your fall, your um, your fall of your next year. What is it looking like going into the fall of that year? Are they talking to you all about new rules because there's no vaccine yet by August of 2020? So let's start there. 
oh my goodness, we had to start wearing masks at practice outside. I'm trying to pitch in a mask and it was just awful. Um, I had like, I don't know. I had sports-induced asthma, I was told, in high school, but it, it kind of went away after a few years. But still, I mean, who can breathe in a mask, <laughs> especially if you're exercising? And then in the weight room, we also had to wear a mask, and we had to, you know, social distance as much as we could. Um, but, I mean, they would tell you if you pulled your mask down for two seconds, like, oh, pull it up, especially if you're in the dugout or, like, everybody's in a circle meeting with you know, the coach at the end of practice, we'd have to try to space out. And it was just, it was a lot different. And it, I mean, you have to communicate in softball and that makes it 10 times harder when you have something over your face. Right. And then, we, yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. Would you, definitely different. would you go as far to say that <clears throat> during that fall, that they had delegated people basically to police you? Um. Yeah. I mean, our, they had our trainers, like, um, they had them, like, give us talks all the time and make us, like, wear masks. And if we were on the bus, we'd be on a bus for, like, you know, could be hours, and we were supposed to wear a mask the entire time unless we were, like, eating or drinking. And, I mean, I would try to sit in the back and just pull mine down the whole time so nobody could see me. But, yeah, they had, like, our athletic trainers or coaches be like, pull your mask up. You can't see your parents, you know, after the game unless – Y'all have a mask on. They have a mask on. It was like, what? Are you <laughs> had, like, serious? You couldn't see your parents? What did they mean by you can't see your parents after the game if you don't have your mask on? Yeah, they wanted, like, you know, if our parents came, we visit them after the game. They wanted them to have their mask on or else it sounded like we were going to get in trouble or something. Yeah, so, so we they were. You have, like, a little short season in the fall, which is, like, scrimmage games. So, yeah, that was happening then. <laughs> so, in other words, they were wanting to basically quarantine you all so that nobody exposed you to any potential COVID. Yeah. And did they make you stay separate from the other students in the school as well? Um, They kind of, you know, told us to kind of, I guess, be careful and, you know, don't go a bunch of places, you know, don't don't go to parties and stuff and don't do this and that uh, and try to stay in your little bubble. But they, I feel like, yeah, that year they didn't want us like going out of town or anything. And like, if you went out of town, you had to get tested. Well, were the tests out then? That might've been in the spring. Um, but sometime that year they had us like not going out of town and stuff so that we didn't come bring the virus back to everybody. Okay. So after we come back after the break, we're going to pick back up with that because I want everybody to realize that you do feel like maybe you've been walking in a haze for the last three years. And as you're hearing Mackenzie tell her story of her college experience, you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot that all happened back in 2020, but it was only just three years ago. And this was the college experience of this generation's youth. This is what they experienced. And this is what was normalized throughout their, their generation. And it, it's definitely impacted them. It's impacted all of us. And it happened. And we don't want to forget that it happened. And we want to make sure that something like this never happens again. So when we come back, we'll talk about that on the other side. So just a moment. It's time and day. 
World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. It was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, Lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud. I'm here again with Mackenzie, who's telling her story through the pandemic of what happened to her as a softball player through college. And now as we get back to going with um, Mackenzie's story, there's something we both realized on the break was that she was thinking that she started with Tennessee State University in 2019, which would be the year that the 2020 pandemic happened. But she had actually been there a year prior. She started in 2018. So she had this wonderful, great first year in 2018 that was normal as an NCAA softball player. And she's a Division I softball player at this school. And all is going well for her. But then her next, her second year, 2019, starts business as usual. She has her scrimmages in the fall and all is well in 2019. And then 2020, the spring of the story that we just got finished telling you is all still what she started experiencing. And we were ending before the break talking about the rules and changes that were happening to her. And I want you to realize this is so normal to her, what happened to her because this was her real life experience that she's realizing she's having to really jog her mind to remember what was not normal because it isn't normal to have somebody saying, we have to shove this thing up your nose to test you for a disease you have zero symptoms for, but yet the softball players and all the athletes across the country were being mass tested. And we're going to let her talk about that. And they're being social distanced 
they're not allowed to be in their gym anymore without being distanced from each other. If they're in their gym working out, they have to have a mask on while they're working out and, you know, getting short of breath and things like that. And she has a history of asthma. And there were the face mask police that were around making sure that they kept their masks on their faces while they were working out. She's out on the field in the fall of 2020 and she's having to wear a mask while she is pitching balls in the heat of Tennessee in the fall. For those of us that live in the South in the fall of in Georgia, I mean, it's it could be 90 degrees or a hundred degrees. We, we have a lot of heat in the fall and it's gorgeous and it can be, we can have flowers blooming all the way till December. So these, um, Athletes are out on the mound having to wear masks in 2020, and she's starting to have to have testing mandates, and she's having restrictions put on her as we're entering the vaccine season that's about to start. So as just to remind everybody, the vaccine trials were going on in the summer of 2020, and then they started, they released it for the first time in December of 2020. And Trump was had just lost the election and Biden was saying he wasn't going to take Trump's vaccine and he certainly wasn't going to mandate it. So that's how 2020 was ending with people hearing things like that. And she's about to approach her Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays of the pandemic year. So Mackenzie, tell us what was Thanksgiving and Christmas like for the fall for 2020 for the NCAA softball athlete program? Yeah, so we got to um, go home. Our season ends for, like, our little fall season. It ends, I mean, maybe a few weeks before final exams, which are typically the beginning of December. Um, And so we were done before Thanksgiving, and we got to go home. And then we had, like, an optional practice after we came back or the little bit of school we had before we left for winter break. And I mean, a lot of us just didn't even go to that practice because we were all like, you know, scared of this virus and told like, you know, it's spreading so fast and you don't want to bring it to your families and all that. So a lot of us were like, we're just going to opt out of practice. So that became a new normal. Like you can just say, oh, I don't want to go to practice because I don't feel comfortable going. So I'm going to catch this disease and bring it to everybody I know. Um, and so, so there's an evidence right there that the propaganda that had already been started in the country had already adversely affected the youth in the colleges. Mm-hmm. You were afraid. Oh, sure. You were made afraid. Okay. Yes, we were. And we didn't know anything. So it's like, okay, we trust these people. It's, it's so deathly. And it's, you know, we're going to kill all of our older family if we go back to practice because, Somebody could have it there or something. Um, And yeah, so went back and then went on break. We have about a month of winter break before we get back. And then once we get back in January, it's like go time for preparing for season. We have like a month or so of practice and then we're playing games. So it's like, you know, I was pitching and working out over the summer on my own and just getting ready for that next season to come okay so here you are coming into january 2021 the inauguration of january 6 is about to happen and you're back in school what is it looking like for you for testing and masking at that point right before the season starting 
Yeah, so um, I believe, if I remember correctly, I don't know, we got tested so many times, It's like you said, it's hard to just take my mind and be like, when did all this start? And how many times were you getting tested during this time? Because it was just, that's what we had to do in order to play. Like if we didn't get tested, we weren't allowed to practice. So I think so we had to get tested. how often, yeah, was it just, was, did you have to be tested before every game? Yes. Yes, we did actually. Um, so I think when we got back that January, I think we had to be tested um, before we could start practicing. And then I don't believe it, I don't know if it was every week or something, but it was still like wearing the mask all the time. All my classes were still online this semester. So actually before COVID, um, before the lockdown, all my classes were in person. After I never returned to in-person classes, everything was online for like two and a half years for me. So we were tested before every game. Um, and the other team had to be tested too. And, you know, if people, had it then sometimes a lot of our games would get canceled because they would have to cancel the game sometimes if people on the other team had it or you know we had it and then if you did test positive even you know no symptoms whatever then you had to quarantine for like 14 days and if you know anybody around you or if you exposed anybody then they would have to quarantine as well so it was like it was a lot. We had, I mean, half of our games, I feel like got canceled just because of, you know, somebody tested positive or somebody was around somebody that tested positive. Was there somebody on the team that was always prior to 2020, the medical liaison for the team? And did that person become the person who was the tester of the team? Yeah. So our athletic trainer had to test us. Um, all the athletic trainers for all the sports had to test their sports. Um, we each had like scheduled times to come in and get tested. And then we had to wait on our results to see if we could even practice or play or anything. Okay. So here we've got January now of 2021, the vaccine just rolled out in December. Do you remember when they first started talking to you all about vaccines and when did it start becoming the mandate of the vaccine? You know, I don't, rem I mean, I remember they, they probably talked about it. It was, I feel like that was, such a crazy season. Um, I don't think they really pushed it on us that spring, but yeah, they definitely did talk about it. Um, and a few teammates got it that were all for it and stuff. And early, early in 2021, some people went and got it early. Yes, they did. And I was like, I'm not getting that. Like, I'm totally against that. Like, why would I take that? <laughs> Is that <laughs> what, I was like, no testing. <laughs> what made you think you didn't want it? I don't know. Like, some people would ask me that, and I'm like, I just don't feel comfortable. I don't have a good feeling about it. I don't feel like, I don't know. I mean, I was really healthy other than, you know, a few minor things like my asthma I had in high school, but I told you that kind of went away. Um, other than that, I was very healthy and I was like, I don't need it. And I'm like, I don't know about this thing. I just didn't want it for some reason. So a natural conscience, the thing that we all trust on a regular basis to make decisions, whether to turn left or right on a dark path whether we want to um, go with somebody somewhere, whether or not we say yes to a date or not, our conscience, we count on our conscience to make, mm -hmm. help us make decisions. So your conscience was just guiding you and making your gut say, I don't think I'm going to want this. And nobody's mandating it right now. Mm -hmm. So you're fine being a person who can make your own free will. So as your 2021 yeah. spring season continues, 
I'm sure you're still being tested. The masks are still probably being very communistly made to be worn. So how did that spring season end and did it end without a mandate? Um, yeah, I, there wasn't like a vaccine mandate. Um, I mean, we just kind of went through the motions. I don't, that year they, for the conference tournament, usually all of our teams were in the Southern conference. Um, so con and usually all the teams we have like eight teams i think for softball and we all go to the conference tournament and then you know the top person out of that gets to go on to the next round of playoffs but this year only four teams could go and so we were not in the top four um are you so saying are you saying that four out of 18 teams participated out of eight yeah oh out of eight okay so only yeah, half the only year they did that yeah, so they so four teams bailed out of uh, Southern Conference. Well, they weren't allowed. Like there was only four allowed to go, so only the top four ranked were able to go. Even though in the past and now, all eight teams always go. Oh, so they changed some ruling for how mm -hmm. who could go. Do you know what the logic was on that? I guess to help the you know reduce the spread of COVID probably. <laughs> No idea. <laughs> wow. Because, I mean, if usually eight go and only four, but y'all didn't make it to the Southern Conference that year, right? Yeah. So we just, you know, played our last game and went home. <laughs> You're getting ready for fall and fall ball, your fall scrimmage season. What's What changed for you? Well, okay. So I just want to go back. So they weren't mandating it, but we did have to wear masks all the time and stuff. Um, and the people I was under, even though it wasn't, required they would pressure me into getting it every day and they would make comments like people who don't have it are stupid and i'd be right there in the car with them and they'd basically be calling stupid for not having it and like one day they cornered me in a room and like shut the door and we're like why don't you want to take the vaccine i'm like i just don't feel right about it i don't want to take it and they're like oh it doesn't cause this it doesn't cause that let me show you a video we're going to take you down the hall to get it right now today and i'm like I'm going to talk with my parents, but like, no, thank you. And I was like, this is not right. So, And anyway. who, who are these people? Are these the people leading your internship or people that are employees of the hospital, like nurses and doctors? Yeah. So I was at Nice Wonder Children's Hospital in Johnson City, Tennessee. And they were the people who were like leading my internship. So it was an administrator there, as well as the person under her who I worked a lot with. So they both got it and thought it was the greatest thing in the world and would like say stuff to me every day about me not having it. Oh, wow. That's a lot of coercion and pressure. Okay. So that's already getting inside your head. Then, mm -hmm. then what happens with your school for the fall? So I come back in August for the fall semester and we usually come back like a week before for softball. So I was there in our very first meeting. We always have a meeting beginning of the fall semester and in the meeting, we were basically told, if you don't have the vaccine, it's going to be very hard for you to play. And keep in mind, this is my... Okay, yeah. So this is my last season of softball. So I don't want to miss that. It's my fifth year because we got an extra year with COVID. We got another year of eligibility to play. So we were told about, you know, it'd be very hard for us to play. We were told that we had... If you had the vaccine, you had a lot more restrictions than if you didn't have it, like quarantining, you didn't have to get tested if you um, 
had the vaccine, but if you didn't have a vaccine, we had to go in at six o'clock in the morning, three days a week to get a swab up our nose. Um, and then if you were exposed to somebody with COVID, even if they just walked past you in the hallway, they would do like contact tracing. And if you didn't have the vaccine, you had to quarantine for 14 days. But if your own roommate had it and you had the vaccine, you didn't have to quarantine at all. It was like a lot that was going to prevent us from playing. And they made that very clear. Oh my goodness. So what, what finally was the breaking point for you that made you feel like you had to give in to the vaccine? Um, it was definitely that talk and our trainer, you know, I'm sure I don't hold it against my trainer because I feel like all the trainers were told to give a speech to us, encouraging us to get the vaccine because it happened with every sport. Uh, they were just the people that did it, but our trainer went over like different myths about the vaccine she said and one of the reasons that did kind of keep sticking out to me in the back of my mind was like the fertility thing uh with the vaccine and she was like that's false and like it doesn't give you covid if you get the vaccine and she went over a bunch of myths she said and um so i was like oh okay like you know i could trust these people like this is our athletic trainers and staff and stuff and i was like apparently like nothing's wrong with it and I was told like it was safe and effective and I'm like okay so nothing's gonna happen to me if I get it like I guess I'm fine to get it now and I don't want to miss my final year of softball like that's what I've done my whole life and this is the last year I get to do it and apparently I'm not gonna play unless I get it um so that was kind of my breaking point I think I got it and I think half the team got it after that initial meeting of being told all these things because like half the team wasn't vaccinated and all of a sudden like a few weeks later, like most of the team was. And so I got it a few days after that. So did they offer it at the school or did you have to go get it somewhere on your own? So they did offer it at the school. They had people that would come in every week and give you the vaccine. But they also said like, reach out to us anytime if you want to get it. And then they would tell us like where to go. So I actually um, was told to go to like Kroger, the Kroger pharmacy near me to get it. Okay, so you got the vaccine. What happened? How'd that go that day? And the so, story? yeah, the first one I got, um, it was in August and nothing happened. I was perfectly fine. Um, I don't really remember having many side effects from it. They let me like stay home from practice that day. Uh, but I was fine after the first one. And then I was told, you know, come back in a few weeks to get the second shot. Two weeks? Okay. Yeah. All right. What happened? So, uh, September 13th, 2021, I got the second dose of the Pfizer vaccine, and I I feel like I had, like, some body aches and stuff, but, like, apparently that's normal after you get the shot, and then about three days later... I was at practice and I was pitching and we had our first fall scrimmage game that coming Friday. And this was probably like a Wednesday, I believe. And while I was pitching, we were inside because it was raining. We have like a dome and it has like turf and stuff. And I fell twice, just randomly fell to the ground. And I was like, huh, that's weird. But I was like, maybe I'm just tired, you know. Let me clarify. Um, That never had happened in your life, right? Yeah, correct. That okay. Never happened before. Okay, can go ahead. But I mean, what am I? I don't know. I just didn't think anything of it. I was like, maybe it's the turf or like 
maybe I'm just tired from, you know, getting back into team practice and this fall season coming up. So my coach was like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I'm just always so optimistic and like, you know, positive and everything. And I'm like, oh, I'm good. And I was like, okay, whatever. So the next day, this was Thursday and I woke up and a few years prior, I had some neck issues where I would get like migraines every day from like, I had like a messed up nerve or something in my neck that would give me migraines, but it was from my neck. Right. But, but I know like when a migraine's coming on, I can kind of feel it and everything. So that Thursday I woke up and I was like, oh no, I have a migraine coming on. Like, that's great. Usually, you know, my migraines could last a few hours or a day. And then after I go to sleep that night, I'm fine. Uh, when I wake up the next morning, but went to sleep that night and woke up the next morning. And so Friday morning, the day of our first game in the fall and my migraine was still there. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of kept progressing all day. And we had that first fall game that Friday. And I just remember like, I told my trainer and I think I got some like ibuprofen or something, but like that doesn't really work after my migraines at a certain point. And I was pitching, like I started the game and was pitching and I think I hit like, I hit multiple batters. I don't really know what was going on after I got, after like the first inning, I got so dizzy. I couldn't stand up. I had to like sit down. My trainer had me sit down, but I was going to go back out again to pitch again. And so I went out there. I I mean, I couldn't tell you what happened. Like, I don't really have a lot of memory of it. Um, But that night, my migraine after the game just kept progressing. And I had this one. I had all the stroke like symptoms. I had um, trouble speaking. I couldn't even talk. Like I couldn't even say a whole sentence because I kept forgetting what I was saying. Um, I would try to say like the word, I don't know, bird and like dog would come out of my mouth. Like it was like totally different words would come out than what I was thinking. I remember I was trying to read something on my phone to my roommate. I couldn't recognize like what letter was what and like what those letters meant, like what, you know, sounds they were put a word together. Um, and just like this weird pain behind my eye that was like shooting to the back of my head. And I was like, I never had that type of head pain before. So it was just really weird stuff. But I went to sleep that night and thankfully woke up the next morning and I was fine. Mm. Yes. And then what happened? After that, I was fine. Uh, like that Saturday and Sunday. And then um, Monday we had weightlifting, team weights. Um, so I went to weightlifting and I love working out. I mean, I would work out all the time. And I mean, I'm pretty, I'm small, but I'm pretty strong for <laughs> maybe being uh, like pretty skinny. And I was doing lunges and we had like lunges with weights and we did really light weights since it was, we're in fall season. So we typically like lighten our load. And it got to the point where I couldn't even do a lunge. My leg, my left leg felt like so weak that I just like, I would try to do a lunge and I couldn't even come back up from my lunge. And it got to the point where I couldn't even stand up anymore. My left leg just kept giving out and I would just like almost fall to the ground every single time. And I, I was like, what is going on? And my weightlifting coach was like, you need to go see the trainer. So I went to see our athletic trainer and I was sitting there on the edge of like the table that they examined you at. And I tried to lift my left leg in the air, just off the table. And I couldn't lift my left leg. Up. It was shaking like it looked like it was having a seizure. It was like shaking everywhere uncontrollably. I had no control over it. And she knew about my migraine. She goes, I'm going to get the doctor right now. We have like a doctor that's there for all of the sports teams. And 
And she's like, I think what happened to your leg is connected to your head, like the migraine you had. And I was like, oh, no. And I just began crying because I was like, something's not right. Like, something's wrong with my brain. Like, something's wrong. But nobody's even connecting it to the vaccine. No. Okay, go ahead. No, no, no. And so I got in with the doctor right away. And he, he goes, you had a complicated migraine. And you'll be fine in a few days. And it was like five minute, you know, examination. And he goes, but you're not cleared to play until you see a neurologist. So I'm like, okay, whatever. This should be fine in a few days. Well, I had to see a neurologist. Like uh, I had to wait like maybe two, three weeks to see a neurologist. Well, it just kept getting worse. It kept getting, my leg kept getting worse. And I couldn't even walk 10 feet without falling or stand up longer than two minutes without falling to the ground or my leg shaking uncontrollably. So it was just like that. Everything just changed. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so when did somebody solve what was actually diagnosable about your legs? So I finally, when I got in with the neurologist, he was like, okay, you know, you either have, you had a mini stroke, you have low blood sugar, which I've had low blood sugar for a while, which I, I can just tell when my blood sugar is low. I eat something, I'm fine. I'm like, this has never happened. You could have had a migraine if we can't find anything else, but that wouldn't explain your leg. And he said, you could have MS. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? And then there was like two other things. And I'm just like, okay, something's like terribly wrong with me. <laughs> like, what is going on? And so he ran a bunch of tests. I had multiple blood tests. I had blood flow tests. I had MRIs of my brain and neck. um, I had a nerve conduction study. And that's when we found out that all of the nerves in my left leg were um, inflamed. So I, right before that, like the day before I called one of my, I call her like my second mama because she was my picking coach growing up and we're very close and stuff. And I was telling her what happened. And she's the one that said, did you get the vaccine? And I was like, stop. I said, yes, I did. Like, literally two weeks ago. And she goes, you need to tell your neurologist that or else I wouldn't have put two and two together. I wouldn't have thought about it. So once I told my neurologist that, he was like, that, you know, that's probably it. And after doing the testing and stuff, he's like, it's from your nerves in your leg are inflamed from the vaccine. And I was like, what? <laughs> So that's when I found out about that. And thankfully, he was able to tell me up front that, like, what caused that. Did he give an official name, like Gillian Beret for your leg? So he said, it was like, on the notes that I looked at, it was like monoplasia on my left leg, if I'm saying that correctly. He said it was like a limited form of Guillain Beret just because it was only in my left leg and hadn't spread anywhere else because he tested, like, the rest of my nerves as well. Okay. All right. So he did that. Did he file a VAERS report, a vaccine adverse event report? No, he did not. I I filed one myself um, weeks later, and that was because my chiropractor told me to file one. I had no idea what VAERS was. Of course not. Why, why would a 20-something-year-old know anything like that? That That's definitely outside. <laughs> Thank goodness for your chiropractor. Okay. So how did you progress with your athletics for that season? I mean, I, the rest of the fall season, I couldn't even play. I couldn't even, you know, walk. I would go out to practice and would try to just be there for my team. And I would have to bring my own chair to sit in uh, because I couldn't make it through practice standing up. Um, And it was just no warning when my leg would give out and it wouldn't hurt or anything. It would just 
go out and I would fall or it'd start shaking. And then like, I would have to have somebody help me walk or like I would walk with one leg shaking to death and not having control of it. So it just kept getting worse. And then I started physical therapy, which my neurologist told me like, okay, your leg should heal like six to nine months. Um, The only thing you could do is physical therapy. There's not much, you know, you can do for it. So I did physical therapy three days a week. um, And I did that near the school. And so I would do exercises like trying to lift my leg up when I could do like, you know, squats with like 45s on each side before I got the shot. And so it kind of definitely changed everything and how my athletic career was going. I was like, I'm not going to play. Like, I just kind of took it out of the picture. I wasn't even worried about softball anymore. I was just, I just wanted to be able to walk 10 feet. Like that's, that's my new, that was my new perspective on everything. Okay. How was your peer group, your athletic trainer and your uh, athletes that you played with responding to your claims of a vaccine injury? It was, I don't know. I had some, like another trainer or so, like, they were like, oh, you know, the vaccine's good. Like, I don't know. It's your case is rare. And I would have other people just, I mean, I posted my story on Instagram. So everybody saw it and a bunch of people shared it and stuff. But it was still like, I mean, my teammates and stuff, some of them still got the vaccine. My own roommate still got it after seeing what I went through. I mean, people will see that it's happening to you, but they don't care unless it happens to them. They don't really open their eyes, I've learned, unless it happens to them. And as far as you know, nobody else on the team had any injury happen to them. Yeah. So they all think like, oh, it just happened to her. It's not going to happen to me. And I'm like, it could happen to you. And you just, you know, you don't know. (laughs) And they think my case is very rare, but I learned that it's definitely not. I had hundreds of people reaching out to me on Instagram telling me they had similar reactions and or it was way worse. I mean, I was told mine was a mild case. And for you, it, it was wasn't so mild. It was severe for you, but it was it altered your life. It altered your playing ability. It changed the whole pr- projection of your next year. Right. Yeah, correct. It, it really did. And I mean, thankfully, like four to five months later after it happened, even though I was told my leg would heal in six to nine months. I was doing physical therapy and I would go to physical therapy three days a week. And then I would do it on my own the other days of the week. So I was sitting there and doing one of my exercises, just trying to raise my leg up and it was shaking like it had been doing. And then the next morning I woke up and was able to like lift my leg up without it shaking at all. And that was kind of like the turning point um, when my legs started to like get better and stuff. And so it was, it was honestly a miracle from God. Like I truly believe that. Um, and your faithfulness, was- you were very faithful. It sounds like to your PT, you were actually being very proactive. That's wonderful. That, and a miracle happening as yeah. well. How about other symptoms in your body? So I would have um, like this severe head pain. It was like, I like pulsing in my head on my right side behind my eye. It would like shoot back to the back of my head and kind of down some. I had never, you know, experienced this before. But with that, I had so, like severe confusion I didn't know what was going on and everything and honestly the couple like a couple months that whole fall honestly after I got the vaccine I don't really remember much like I remember it but it was kind of a blur it was like my brain fog was so bad I never had that before but I had like terrible brain fog um and I mean I was still going to school and having to do school stuff and I would ask sometimes to get like an extension on some things because I just I couldn't do it but 
So oh. she's having academic decline. Essentially, you're having to have accommodations. When you have special ed children, you have to go and get accommodations. So you're basically asking for accommodations. You're just mature enough to know what to ask for. You're not getting an IEP, but you're actually needing accommodations. So that's a, that's a very significant impact on your life as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually like was never told that I could get a handicap parking sticker. So several times my teammates would have to carry me to my car or help me walk up and down steps if we had like a team meeting or something upstairs. I mean, I wasn't told, you know, I could get help in school, like you're saying. So I just would ask my professors and thankfully some of them were good. And some of them were like, I need to see your doctor records. I'm like, no, you're not seeing my medical records. Like what? (laughs) So, I, I mean, I just had to go with the flow and kind of just do it. I mean, by myself, I had my family there supporting me, but they're also five hours away. So it was, it was kind of difficult. Okay. So is this probably the early 22, late 21 to 22 that we're talking about? Because this, the vaccine you got in September and mm-hmm. all this injury is happening to you within two weeks. So this is the end of 2021 for you. Yeah. So here we are in 2023. Yeah. Now, Where? how would you say 2022 looked for you? So 2022, I, once my leg was able to like, you know, raise in the air, I started um, being able to walk a little longer and stand up a little longer. And it finally got to the point where like, I could do things with resistant bands at physical therapy now. And I could, you know, maybe put a little bit of weight on my leg, like ankle weight and like lift my leg up now. So it was progressing and I started like working back to pitching finally in January of 2022 and I was like okay now that I can do this like I'm determined to make it back for my last spring season of softball and so I actually was able to do so because I got examined by the neurologist again did a nerve conduction study and the nerves in my left leg were healed now um and like no more inflammation I guess I'm saying in my left leg and the nerves so I get back to practicing for that and I probably was able I was clear to play about two weeks into the season which was just a miracle in itself I started playing with only like three weeks of practicing pitching before I did that Uh, but then I was doing well and everything well all of a sudden like three weeks later after I started playing my leg gave out again which it hadn't done like you know a whole month before that so it started giving out again randomly i went back to the neurologist my nerves were still not inflamed in my leg but he said i had a tremor so it was a tremor from just all the trauma my leg went through so now like when i exercise or when i pitched i would all of a sudden just fall and not be able to walk again for like a few hours the rest of the day or whatever it may be so that was that was a struggle for sure (laughs) yes Yes. Okay. So you made it through 22. Nobody's giving you any kind of therapeutic treatments of any kind at this point besides PT, right? I did go see a naturopath and I was on like 17 different supplements, but it became just so overwhelming for me because I was having to take so much stuff. Like, oh, you have to take a nerve detox and then you have to take this and you have to take that. And it was very expensive. And keep in mind, like I'm my family's paying for this, like ETSU didn't pay for anything. So my family's paying for this, um, out of pocket and, you know, insurance, I mean, natural places don't usually take insurance. So it's like, you know, very expensive. And I just, I just stopped all the supplements altogether because it was just too much for me to do. Um, 
And so, yeah, at this point, I was just doing like some physical therapy on my own. And with my athletic trainer, I would do some like rehabilitation exercises as well during season. Okay. All right. So here we are now in 2023. She is a, she's getting married very soon and she just finished a degree officially yesterday. Why don't you tell them about some things you've accomplished? Yes. So I I just want to add this real quick. So I did get diagnosed this summer with hemochromatosis. All my blood work started coming back up normal. And so I got diagnosed with hemochromatosis. And so I've had to have several phlebotomies just to get my ferritin levels down and stuff. Um, but yes, I did just graduate with my master of business administration, um, this past weekend and getting married in about a month. Um, and I actually kind of changed what I wanted to do. So I was in health administration for my undergrad, but after my hospital experience with my internship, I was like, I'm not going to be a part of that, um, as well as what happened to me. So I'm starting in July, my a little nutrition program. It's through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition to be a holistic health coach. So it's like a six month program. Um, and so I'm very excited because yeah, I want to say something. I mean, I could go into detail, but can't with for time's sake, but hemochromatosis is no minor diagnosis to have uh, impact her life could be a lifelong diagnosis. We'll see if it is or not. Um, I know people who do have this and they can't eat out of iron skillets and things like that. They have to be very careful with their iron consumption. And like she said, she's actually having to have blood drawn to remove the iron buildup that happens with this condition. So her blood has been impacted. Her career of softball was impacted. Her education was impacted. But this person is obviously a, a, a fighter who has gone and done what she needed to do to still accomplish the goals that she has for herself. And she has attributed much of it to the Lord that he has um, been with her and helped her through this. And you can say whatever you want to on the ending of that. There's so much more to say because your journey is ongoing. And a major statement she said as well is that seeking care costs money. And she did not want to have this vaccine, but she had to do it to be able to play her final year as a senior. And she did not even get to play her final year as a senior because of the injuries that happened to her. So in the end, the only reason this vaccine ever impacted her life was by coercion and pressure to do it for a person to be able to do what they already were going to college to do, which was to play ball for that school for the benefit of that school. And that school got their benefit of her present for all those years. And then they mandated the vaccine and they lost her ability to be on the field. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Stuff, but just keep the hope and keep the faith and just keep going and keep fighting no matter what. Yes, and I'll make sure to put in my show notes from this show the the resources that I know about that are people that are out there helping and products that are out there helping. So you're not taking tons of things. You're taking ideally just the better optimal things that could help. So I'll make sure those are in the show notes and we may have to get a follow-up with her and see how she's doing or six months from now and see what the update is on Mackenzie. So thank you for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's time and then. See?